Hey, beautiful listeners. This is Emily. This mini-season is seriously flying by. This episode, which you're about to listen to, was written and produced by our very own associate producer, Joe Courtney, and it's our second-to-last episode of this mini-season. This means season three is rapidly approaching, so we should probably start writing it. Just kidding. We've totally been working on this for, like, months. That being said, we will be launching a Season 3 Kickstarter campaign in the near future. We're asking for your help because we believe in paying our artists and our contributors, but we can't do it alone. We also have an e-newsletter. That newsletter goes out no more than twice a month, and I personally design it so I can guarantee it's aesthetically pleasing and totally charming. You can sign up at PleasureTownShow.com. Also... We'd love to welcome Pleasure Town's newest staff writer, Sean Paris. He's amazing. We couldn't be happier to have him on the team. So please welcome him with open arms. Okay, that's enough. Enjoy this mini-sode. See you on the other side. Happiness. It's a fickle thing. No two peoples looks the same. For most of the residents of Pleasure Town, happiness was the main objective. But for me, well, someone else forced their happiness upon me and I was made to accept it as my own. You see, I was born into Pleasure Town. I did not choose it as my parents did. The maximum of Pleasure Town was often quoted, pleasure, but not at the expense of your neighbor ecstasy but not at the expense of the town but old cyrus and claude must have forgotten about revelry and debauchery at the expense of your children for the first few years of my life i wasn't sure who my parents were whether or not that's a bad thing i guess depends on your perspective a child in pleasure town was not raised by mom and dad or dad and dad or mom and mom or whoever no a child in pleasure town was raised by pleasure town I guess they say it takes a village, so lots of people might say I was raised right. Like when I was a baby. I remember being passed from knee to knee. Different face each time. Different hands that fed me. Hell, who doesn't love a baby? I was well fed, clean, and the center of attention. I was content. It's when I got a bit older that things became tricky. But I quickly learned how to get the things I needed as a growing boy. The necessities my parents failed to provide for me. I'd show up at folks' houses for a visit at just the right time each evening, knowing they'd be sitting down for supper. To this day, I swear Shaman John must have made an extra helping of whatever he was eating each night, just in case I came knocking. I remember one time I walked in and there was already a plate of steaming greens sitting there on a table waiting for me. All he said to me was, Hungry. I ate them greens without breathing or saying a word. And when I knew I was in need of a bath, I'd rub a little dirt on my face and browse around Bolger's necessities. I could always count on Bolger to throw me a bar of soap. I put my hand into my empty pocket and he'd say, It's on the house, Junior. And if I wanted some company, there was Mr. and Mrs. Jensen. They'd give me a friendly hello and a few oranges whenever I passed their house. They always looked like two peas in a pod sitting on their front porch wearing matching sundresses. (laughs) He sure was a free spirit, that Mr. Jensen. 
It was folks like these who made sure I was taken care of. Now, my parents, they didn't often feel the pull of their parental responsibilities like some of the other residents of Pleasure Town. After all, I did learn to count by watching the bartender fill pint after pint into their glasses. <laughs> I was the only four-year-old who can get to 20 on account of my father's tolerance. But when mom and dad did decide to be well, mom and dad, shoot, it was hard and it hurt. I remember one time when I was eight years old, my mother sat me down after I had been caught stealing figs from Bulger's Necessities. She said, Clarence, in this life, you've got to take your pleasure. Do you hear me, son? Whatever makes you happy, well, that's what you gotta do. She paused and looked at me long and hard, then she slapped me across the side of my damn head. But don't you ever take your pleasure at the expense of another. Now you march on over to Bulger and you set things right. I worked in Bulger's general store for the following month to make up for my stealing. Didn't take me long though before I realized the hypocrisy in that pretty little speech she gave me. My mother had been having her pleasure at my expense all my life. All them times I had to feed myself or clean myself or whatever myself because my parents were either too drunk or too hungover to care for me. That's why I stole them figs from Bulger's store in the first place. Take your pleasure. That's what my mother told me. So that's just what I did. Except I ignored the part about it not being at other people's expense. Just as she did. So I began to derive my pleasure from inflicting small, amusing amounts of pain on others in the town. For the most part, it was harmless. I'd put tacks on chairs at school, or I'd steal the chalk from the chalkboard, salt in the coffee pot at the Wholesome Gulch, that kind of thing. With no parents really raising me, what do you expect? Kids and mischief. They go together like biscuits and gravy. I probably would have ended up like all the other young scoundrels of Pleasure Town, graduating robbing corner stores to robbing banks, if it were not for Miss May Colvin. She was a freed slave from Kentucky, left for Pleasure Town in 1909. I spent lots of nights drinking iced tea with her while my parents were at the saloon. There was one night in particular, when I was 12, that I'll never forget. I hate this damn town, Miss May. Clarence Fisher, don't you be cursing, especially around an old coot like me. Boy, if your mama heard that talk, she'd kick those words right out of your mouth. You know she would. She don't care what I say. Hell, she don't care nothing about me. You're more a mother to me than she ever was. <laughs> Boy, I am not your mama. And don't you ever say I am again. Your mama may have her faults. Shoot, she's probably bending an elbow at the bar as we speak, but she loves you. That I know. If you say so, Miss May. And so do I, Clarence. This place ain't for me, Miss May. How can it be called Pleasure Town anyway? I ain't been happy once in my life living here. Let me tell you something, Clarence. Happiness and pleasure are very different things. Do you understand? No, ma'am. Pleasure is just happiness in the moment. Just as soon as you grab it, it slips right through your fingers and it's gone. Happiness. Happiness lasts. There ain't no other way I can think to describe it. it you just know it when you feel it. There are two types of people who live in Pleasure Town, Clarence. There's those like your parents who came here to pursue those quick bursts of happiness. They reach for them, but they fade from their fingers every time. 
And yet those people just keep on reaching. Your mama and daddy, they ain't happy, Clarence. Any old fool can see that. That's why they drink. It takes their minds off their misery. And the other type of person? People like me and Mr. Jensen and Jebediah. People who fled to escape a life full of unhappiness, a life full of sadness and pain and, and danger. This place, Pleasure Town, to us was a lone beacon of hope in a place teeming with darkness. I don't care nothing for pleasure, except a cup of tea every now and again, but a, a place where people were free to pursue their pleasure meant I was free to just exist. Exist without fear of being despised or lynched for the color of my skin. I may not like it here just like you, Clarence, but we're free here. What about me? You're free too, Clarence. Free to do, think, and say whatever you feel, whenever you feel it. What I mean is, I ain't neither of those types of people, Miss May. Miss May didn't quite know what to say, because she knew I was right. We just sat in that darkness on her front porch, rocking back and forth. I listened to the crickets and looked up at the moon. Its light was my beacon. I decided then and there that the only way I'd find my happiness was if I left Pleasure Town. So I packed what little I had, a pillow and a blanket, bar of soap, a few oranges, and I said goodbye to the town that raised me. Listeners, this is Emily Modaf, senior producer of the show. Thank you so much for coming back and tuning in to our fourth minisode of this mini season. If you haven't yet heard the previous minisodes, we've got them posted for you on our brand new website, which is www.pleasuretownshow.com. You can also find us on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you like to find your podcasts. Let us know how we're doing by connecting with us on social media. We're on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Or just head over to iTunes and leave us a rate and review. We'd really appreciate it. And now to thank the folks who made this episode possible. This episode of Pleasure Town was written by our very own Joe Courtney and performed by Chris Acevedo, Jill Hopkins, and D'Angelo Gonzalez. Sound designed by Joe Courtney with editorial oversight by Aaron Cahill. The music you heard in this episode was composed and performed by Dan Lazzarato Jr. You can hear more of his music at littleboyjrlittleboyjr.bandcamp.com. Listen closely, and you might be able to hear associate producer Joe Courtney shredding on the guitar. Pleasure Town was created by Keith Ecker and Aaron Cahoe. Our senior producer is me, Emily Modaff, and our associate producers are Joe Courtney, Colin Wright, Lizzie Seidenstricker, and Brady Guy. Our staff writers are Gwen Fulcher and Sean Paris. Original Pleasure Town music was composed and performed by River Rising's Megan Diger and Tim Hazen, and engineered by Colin Ashmead Bobbitt. Pleasure Town is an ever-growing interactive narrative, which relies on your creativity, your imagination, and especially your voice to expand the legend. Find out how you can join the story at PleasureTownShow.com. At a time when information continues to come at us faster and faster, 
Sometimes you need to hit pause and rewind. NPR's Throughline takes you back in time to the source of the news stories filling your feed. Find NPR's Throughline wherever you get your podcasts.